Welcome to this week's edition of Mountain Outhouse News. I'm your host, Jam Jam. This is the craziest to happen in running this week. This week's stories include the Breaking 30 project on Mount Tam, a Wasatch 100 aid station is canceled, and a rim-to-rim-to-rim record is called into question. This week, a band of Bay Area trail runners took to the Mount Tamalpas hill climb in Mill Valley. This 3.3-mile uphill segment starts in downtown Mill Valley and climbs almost uninterrupted 2,466 feet to the top of the lookout tower on Mount Tam East Peak. The climb is relentless and the subject of quite a few speed attempts over the past few years. The fastest time was scooped up from the locals back in 2017 by the one and only Jim Walmsley, as he reportedly snuck his way to town specifically to take the record for himself. So on May 25th, 2017, after getting some recon info from Levi Miller, who's second all-time in the former record holder, Jim came in and sniped the record, running a 30-38, 20 seconds under the previous best, run by Galen Burrell. So this Wednesday morning, it was Patty O'Leary leading the charge with a host of other fast guys and gals from California who took off from the Mill Valley Square sharp at 6 a.m. sharp, with the goal of not only breaking Jim's time, but also the 30-minute barrier. Thus, Breaking 30 was born. Patty was first up while missing the 30-minute mark and Jim's best. He still PR'd tagging the lookout door in 3159, making him fourth fastest all time. Following seconds later, Patrick Parcell ran 32.12, and Mike Sinceri rounded out the top 10 all-time with 33.26. All in all, four men made it to the top 11 all-time. For the ladies, Emma McCune blasted up the trail in 40.36, making her the second fastest all-time behind record holder E.L. Wang, who holds the only ladies sub-40 time at 38.30. Olivia Amber was next with a 44.17, good for ninth overall, and Sarah Burke also ran up in 46.28, 14th overall. Looks like leaderboards were rewritten despite the crew missing the sub-30 mark. Who's next? Speaking of fastest known times, we head back to Grand Canyon and its infamous rim-to-rim-to-rim. As many of you already know, women's record holder Taylor Nolan set the ladies' fastest time last November after the North Face 50 was canceled in San Francisco due to smoke. Her time of 7.25.58 was set a week in a week where three women went under the previous best time. This past week, Taylor took to Instagram after the folks at Fastest Known Time reached out to her, asking for more proof of her run. Apparently, someone emailed them. We are not sure who this anonymous person was or what their claim was on her time, but I guess it raised enough suspicions for Peter Backwin of the website to reportedly reach out to Taylor for additional proof. Taylor's watch data has been posted to Strava since her run, and there's a video of her on the North Rim and a photo at the finish line that was all publicly available. Taylor was actually quite concerned and went to the larger trail community for help, as she didn't have anything else. This kind of brings up a couple of important points. First off, I'm curious what the anonymous accuser was basing their claims on. Did they have proof in some way that Taylor cheated? If so, what was this proof? Do we need to call do we need proof to call someone a cheater and when do we take the claim as serious? As for those setting records, what is the level of proof required to verify a record? Taylor had her watch data publicly available. Is that not enough? I guess someone else could have worn her watch, but why? At the end of the day, with a little sleuthing using the Strava flyby mode, 
we were able to get several other witnesses who were out on the trail that day to confirm that, yes, indeed, Taylor was out there and did run rim to rim to rim in the fastest known time. I guess in this day and age, if you are setting records, it might pay to have some witnesses and time-stamped slash GPS-enabled photos to corroborate your story. The Wasatch 100 Race Committee posted this week that the Swallow Rocks Aid Station, which has been part of the race for 30 years, has been canceled. Yes, the East Canyon Resort has allowed the race to use one of their private roads in the past, has now forbid the race from utilizing this road for access. Any alternative ways to work out a deal with the race have been shut down, and apparently the decision is final. There isn't really another easy way to get supplies into this aid station, so it has been removed from the race. I'm not really sure the burden on the resort for using for the race using this road to get supplies out for one weekend, but sounds like a huge disappointment, and I really feel for the Wasatch Run Committee on this one. Runners will now have an 11-mile stretch to span between sessions to Big Mountain aid stations. So, I guess, boycott the East Canyon Resort? All who oppose hand-holding finishes in endurance races, rejoice. The Tokyo Triathlon has DQ'd co-winners Georgia Taylor-Brown and Jessica Learmonth after they crossed the finish line together holding hands raised high in the air. What these two maybe didn't know is there's a rule from the International Triathlon Union that, and I quote, athletes who finish in a contrived tie situation where no effort to separate their finish times has been made will be disqualified. I have to applaud the organizers here for having the backbone to enforce this rule. At the end of the day, folks, a race is a race, and we want to see athletes duke it out until the finish line, especially at the front of the pack. Let's hope this is a step in the right direction to end hand-holding co-wins for good. That's a hot take. We're in the midst of peak season for the Golden Trail World Series, presented by Solomon, and Sierra Zanal, located in Switzerland, did not disappoint. It was a record-setting year in one of the most competitive trail races of 2019. First for the ladies, it was a surprise drop from back-to-back -back winner Lucy Wambi Marigi at the one-hour mark, making a way for a huge win and big course record from local Maud Mathis. She won the race in 2.49, a full five minutes under the course record. This win was not without some controversy, as Maud did receive a warning for her two positive tests for the banned substance Clomiphene, a fertility drug she was taking to help with fertility. Back in 2015, Maud failed to obtain the required therapeutic use exemption, or TUE, but was not officially suspended in any way. Next up for the men, Killian Jornet was simply brilliant with his big win and course record in 225. Also, what's up with the goat mascot? Dude's pretty athletic. In second place was Petro Mamu, who, as we mentioned last week, failed a couple of drug tests in the past as two different, at two different World Mountain Running Championships races in 2017 for Phenoterol, which is used to treat acute asthma to help open up your air passages. I'm no pharmacist or doctor, but more airflow in your young lungs, that sounds pretty helpful for running. He served just a nine-month suspension for the repeated infractions, but has been back to racing since last year. Let's hope he wasn't on this stuff this time. Now for some thoughts from our Beast Coast correspondent, Ages a Whizzle, on the continuation of the Golden Trail series heading into Pikes Peak next week. Hey, Outhouse Nation, it's Ages a Whizzle checking in. 
Man, tip of the hat to that Killian Jornet. How about that run at Sierras and all? Uh, that was an incredible record there. That course is amazing. Just seeing the pictures just made me want to be there so bad. But what a run by Killian. It appears as though fatherhood has not uh, harmed him at all. And uh, you know what? I think going into this Pikes Peak Marathon, I've thought for years that no one is ever going to touch Matt Carpenter's course record there of 316. I think Killian's got a shot at it. When he ran that 340, he ran the downhill hard. Uh, but I think his climbing legs right now are in top, top form. And we could see Carpenter's course record uh, 316 on Pikes Peak Marathon going down uh, later this month. Here's hoping Killian can do it. So, from the Beast Coast, it's a jizzle-wizzle. Speaking of pikes, I'll be there with some coverage next week. With the final leg in the Leadman series this weekend at the Leadville 100-mile run, we are excited to see Dave Mackey still on track for another finish here in 2019, despite some bike issues at the 100-mile mountain bike last weekend. Dave even reported someone throwing tacks on the course, resulting in several flat tires for the field as a whole. We'll have that and more from the race across the sky next week. Montana's famous Bridger Ridge Run took place last weekend with a new course record on the ladies' side from Christina Trigstad-Sari, who took the win in three hours, 40 minutes. The record was previously held by Nikki, by legend Nikki Kimball. For the men, David Ayala won in 317. Next up, the Eastern States 100, which as you may recall was canceled last year, returned with 133 finishers. Wesley Atkinson was your big winner here with a time of 1823, followed by Andrew McGibbon in 2053. For the ladies, it was Megan Burke of Winter Park taking the win in 2559, followed up by Lee Connor second in 2753. In the Bigfoot 200, we've got to first give a shout out to Maya Ray Ray's dad, Old man, Chad, for getting the beast done. Way to go, my man. Okay, so this year we saw a new course best from Michael McKnight. In 51 hours, 33 minutes, a whopping 18-hour improvement from his last go back in 2017, the year he won the Triple Crown 200s. This year, woman's winner was Sophie Cantillo. Next, we head down to Utah for the Ute 100, which was won by Melissa Ostazewski in 28.57, and Trevor Fuchs in 2059. Here's an FKT coming in from South Africa, something called the 13 Peak Challenge, which was completed for the first time under 24 hours by Linda Doak, who ran 22.57 for a 100 kilometer route. There's a new self-supported FKT on the Colorado Trail. Scott Jaime was going for this one a couple weeks back, but bailed on the attempt. Andre, Paul Michard, didn't, however, and came away with the new record time of 8 days, 23 hours, 16 minutes. Love to nerd out on data and stats? You should head over to wscr.org geeks only for a slew of numbers splits and more of the Western States 100. What I found interesting right off the bat was that Arizona has quietly become a dominant force at Western States in the past few years. Did you know that my home state of Arizona has five of the top six all-time fastest times on the men's side? Or that seven-time back-to-back winner Scott Jurek's fastest time of 1536 run back in 2004 is now ranked 18th fastest all-time? Five men have now run sub-15 with two doing it twice. For the ladies, six have now dipped below 18 hours, with two having done so twice. And Trayson's fastest run of her all her wins is now fifth all-time, 
and the top four times of this year's race are in the top 10 all time. There's also a section that ranks years by difficulty based on median and finish times. Of 33 years in the data set, 2019 was the 25th hardest or 9th easiest year. Contrast that to 2017, which was 4th hardest all time. For those with a weak stomach, you may want to look away for this one. This is our trail fail of the week. Jerry Garcia somehow managed to fall and get a stick impaled in his back. Holy ouch! This looks insanely painful, and all we can do now is wish him best for his recovery. And with that, thanks for tuning in to episode 158 of Outhouse News. The show would not be possible without the support of our Patreon contributors, who help with the production of this show each and every week. Join the Patreon crew at the link below for as little as $2 per month. Huge shout out to our $50 level supporters, Squirrels Nut Butter, Brian Sands, Base Medical Ultramarathon Medical Care Online Course, Michael Durkin, Sean Trujillo, and the Twisted Fork Ultra out of Park City, as well as our $25 level supporters, Bluebird Running Company, Josh Goldstein, Carrie Savage, Renee Feint, Casey Carter, and Jeff Holbrook. Thanks for checking out the show, and we'll see you next time. If you have crazy stories to share, or questions or feedback for the show, please leave a comment below. And finally, if you'd like to own this custom pair of Jam Jam sunglasses, complete with a signed certificate of authenticity, check out the link in the description. Have a week.